Hey y'all, Christopher here. This episode is brought to you by Joe Ide's new book, Smoke, out now from Mulholland Books. Joe Ide and the IQ series have earned effusive praise. The New York Times says it's a brand new comedic franchise with a bright future. Aggressively entertaining plotting is paired with the kind of dialogue for which readers love Don Winslow. This series is a Los Angeles classic right from the start. And there's more from folks at the Chicago Tribune, the Washington Post, the Associated Press, Carl Hyacin, Walter Mosley. They all like it too. Probably because the IQ series features a diverse cast of characters and an underdog story you can root for. Each book sheds light on a set of experiences that is too rarely the subject of mystery fiction. Smoke is the latest in this award-winning series. Check out Joe Ide's IQ series today. Check it out at your local indie or wherever books are sold. We need a better funny intro. None of that. I can't. <laughs> None you, of that's you don't want to use you describing sadly eating a sandwich in the corner of the McDonald's parking lot. That's not no, the I cold open that you want. I don't think world. that's the cold open. I feel like we can do a better one. So many, so many, so many damn books. Welcome to So Many Damn Books. I'm Christopher. I'm Drew. And we have no guest. We just have the only guest in the room, both of our rooms, is our love for books. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was, I knew that was going somewhere like that. And I was just like, what's this going to be? Oh, Drew, I just, <laughs> oh man, I have been honest with you. I've been telling you, I haven't been enjoying my reading life recently. And um, different from not being able to read. You've yeah, I mean, not been enjoying what you've been reading. I, I just, every book, it just doesn't, usually it I can light something and it's just not happening. And then mm. I get disappointed mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I know it's my fault. The book is not, it's, it's me who's the, the bad reflector here, the bad actor. Right, right. Um, and so one of our sweet listeners, uh, Suzanne, reached out and gave me a list of books. And there was stuff on there like Fun Home by Alison Bechdel and Hyperbole and a Half by Ali Brosh and um, Gideon the Ninth by Ta- uh, Tamsin Muir which all of these are great books and great things that I liked. And then I hadn't heard of um, John Allison's Giant Days. And it's this really long running comic series about university life. Mm. So Christopher, you and I both know from when we were kids that great children's books open up new worlds for discovery. And with literati kids, your child can explore uncharted places every month with spellbinding stories handpicked by experts. Literati Kids, spelled L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I, is a try-before-you-buy subscription club. Each month, Literati delivers five vibrantly illustrated children's books, bringing the immersive magic of reading right to your home. And if you don't like those books, you can just send it back. Each box has personalized extras like stickers, surprises, cool guest artwork. They're all very fresh and very fun. I've looked at some of them. They're very cool. 
you can head to literati.com slash smdb for 25% off your first two orders. You can select your child's book club and start them on a literary journey like no other. Literati.com slash smdb is the only place to find 25% off your first two orders of this one-of-a-kind book subscription. It's the most joyful way to foster a lifelong love of learning. That's literati.com slash smdb. S-M-D-B. Okay, wait. Well, okay. Pause there. Tell us what you bought. We know you love a campus story. I love campus stories. I love comics. And I just feel like this is going to, with the other stuff that she recommended, like with the rest of that list, and I had this image, you know, the, the cover come up as soon as I searched it. I was like, yeah, whatever that is, I'll probably like it. <laughs> and so I've got that coming. I also, something that I've always been curious about is uh, the history of, of cooking. Interesting. How did we start throwing things in ovens? You know, who invented yeah. the, and how did we like first come up with temperature control and forks and recipes that people follow i mean it was some of the very first storytelling in a lot of ways yeah um and so i bought consider the fork a history of how we cook and eat by b wilson and a history of food in a hundred recipes by william sitwell so maybe i will find the answer yeah man i want to know i want to know how those are they both sound great and I have definitely found myself just wandering down that intellectual rabbit hole. It's strange. I've been watching, of course, still Great British Bake Off. Thank God there's a dozen seasons. Um, and I need them all. But I started thinking, like, when, how did we, <laughs> how did we do this to ourselves? Like, how did we get this far? <laughs> yeah. Because it's crazy, some of the stuff that they're doing. I'm hoping these things answer some of those questions. Yeah. Cool. I'm not sure. I mean, I know why I'm not enjoying reading. Yeah. But I'm hoping that something and, you know, graphic novels can help me break out of that. Um, a really good nonfiction deep dive into something mm -hmm. make me do that. Um, and then I did buy the new Edward Carey. Ooh, about the swallowed uh, man. Uh huh. About Geppetto. Uh huh. And because cool. I so loved his last book. That was um uh the Madame Tussaud one. What's yeah, that called? That's... I forget what that's called. Little. Little. Yeah. I loved that so much. That was an audiobook I listened to, but this one seems like really heavily. I mean, the last one was also really illustrated. And this one is too. So cool. Yeah. He illustrates it. I think that's so cool. Yeah. I love it when it turns out that somebody who's a great author is also a great illustrator and you're like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? So that's the way that I'm going to dig myself out of this hole or find myself out of the whale, I guess. <laughs> Uh -huh. um, is by buying more books. <laughs> I mean, th uh, this one doesn't work. Clearly, I need to get a new one. I need new ones. Need new ones. 
Do, are you experiencing this? Where are you at with your buying or reading? I, I mean, I feel like there was a period there where galleys weren't going out and shipping was all backed up. And it was like, it, there was just a, you couldn't go to a bookstore. And so it was hard to come across new books. Mm-hmm. And I feel like blessed that we are, that uh, we are two folks who get galleys. Um, like I got a copy of uh, American Delirium mm. by uh, Bettina Gonzalez, translated by Heather Cleary. And, you know, it's one of these books that uh, if I had seen it in a bookstore, the cover is like bright yellow, red writing. There's like some deer and some leaves and kind of a fun illustration. If I'd seen it in a bookstore, I definitely would have been like, oh, yeah, cool. What's this? And I just was like going off of the publicist blurb. It seems like a lot of fun. And it, it's in translation. It's one of these things where uh, it's the English language debut of an author who's a huge deal elsewhere. Well, this is the deer. Yeah, yes. like the deer have gone mad. And it's, I don't, I also kind of like don't want to know too much about it. Because um, I feel like that, that's where a lot of my, good reading is happening right now. Like the other, so uh, folks who listen to our Christmas episodes will remember that my sister got me a Mr. B's Emporium subscription. Uh, This bookstore in Bath, I filled out like this 40 minute questionnaire online and they go and they think about it and they send you books. The first one showed up and it's this book called Boy Parts by Eliza Clark. It's not out in the States. I had never heard of it. Um, it came in this like beautiful blue package with a big, thick, chunky bookmark. And I dove into it and immediately loved it in a way that I was just like, oh, these people have, they've done it. They did what it said on the tin. Um, wow. And I think some of that too comes from the like, it's, I'm so rarely surprised these days. I think because if, if it is a book that I'm seeing in a bookstore, chances are I've heard about it or we got a publicity email about it and couldn't get to it in time, you know, any number of things. Um, so it's very cool to like, or even the people who I'm asking for book recommendations by and large are either, um, you know, more internet people or people who know my taste well enough but like they have all of the mitigating factors too of they know me and they know like to have a bookseller do this thing uh, that previously I've only experienced like librarians to do so well. Uh, it's just the best. And since I can't go to a bookstore, mm. you know, I get to do this. I think that you have touched on something that I hadn't even really thought about was that the loss of that bookstore discovery and not even that you found that book in the bookstore but you might have seen it that title seeing Mm -hmm. it in an actual physical space and experiencing the cover that way rather than tiny Mm -hmm. yeah it's a different experience that and a different part of the discovery of a title because I think about that old advertising rule that you have to see something like 25 times before you actually consider it. And the first time you're like, that looks stupid. And then by the end, you're like, fine, I'll check it out. Right. 
And I feel like we're missing so many of those steps right now. When you're out in the world, you're also able to make the connections that cause you to think. So you're like, oh, look, there's a new Aquaman movie. And that's like, oh, right. I want to read that book with the blue cover that I saw the other day. Right. You don't even realize the sort of connections that we're missing. Yeah. So you've been trying to read. You have been reading. This I think this is so interesting because a lot of people have talked about just straight up not being able to read. Yeah. Which you and I have discussed as kind of uh, an absolute nightmare. <laughs> well, it's sort of not an option. I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> you no, I just need so. to keep pushing through. And I need I I do feel like I need to read finished quote unquote <laughs> books mm, mm-hmm. to just to relax myself a little bit away from how I read books professionally. Right. Right. But I've been reading things that are supposedly really in my wheelhouse and they've been falling short. And I think that that's the thing that really makes me sad. Yeah. It's like the, the latest iteration of the wall. I feel like, you know, I have to go back 10 years from now. I'm going to have to come back to the reading journal from this year, past mm-hmm. year and just be like, okay, let's look at this book again because there's no way I gave it a fair shake. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely think that's interesting. I've been uh, somewhat inspired by your recommendation uh, on our previous episode. Um, I have been bailing out of books much more readily which is something that I've been growing into over the last few years anyway, mm. like just trying to sort of get better at that because it goes so against how we're trained, I guess. Right. I find that I'm, the, I think that that's how it's manifesting for me where I'm just, I'm willing to be like the first sign of like, ah, this isn't really working, jumping. And sometimes that means, you know, I'm 25, 30 pages in and I'm like, you know what? This is, and I'll put it back on my to-read shelf. Or uh, there was something I was reading uh, the other day that I got 350 pages into a 400-page book, and I had more or less really enjoyed those first 350 pages. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, yeah, I just, I know everything that's going to happen. And right. Okay. And I just was like, is my life going to be measurably worse if I don't read these <laughs> pages like no the answer is no that's a dangerous game my friend that's my that's my worry not for books but just like too much of that yeah um, bailout can really cause problems elsewhere yeah well and also there are um there are so many I feel like it does happen more in other um other media but how often is it the thing where like something truly transcendent happens on the last page because <laughs> the novel has been building to this thing. And that, that that's never meant to excuse shoddy craftsmanship before that. But you know, like the big twist five episodes into a seven episode, like, I don't know if anybody else out there watched Watchmen. Did you watch Watchmen? The TV series, the way that that it was super compelling 
for the first six episodes. The seventh episode is just like, holy shit, what a mind-boggling shift in everything. Best hour of TV I've ever seen. Oh. With like two more wrap-up episodes, essentially. And that, that sort of more traditional like building action, climax, falling action arc in terms of like if you bail out because you're like, oh, I think I know where this is going, you might still be surprised. Right. There is sort of the understanding, though, of the sort of author compact with the reader that if they've been writing the type of book that you kind of know how they're going to wrap it all up, Mm -hmm. then that's what they're going to do. Right. Right. And there's very rarely at at the end, they're going to be like, and now a pirate comes in and cut all their heads off. The pirate from earlier. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I don't think they would do that because that wouldn't be, that that wouldn't be satisfying. And that's not the thing that they were working towards. It's almost like reading something that's, I'm not going to say too well crafted, Mm -hmm. but something that is fitting into the grooves that you know. Right. Yeah, I think about it like I read uh, that that Sherlock Holmes Christmas Demon um, pastiche. And I feel like with a Sherlock Holmes story in particular, although certainly other uh, long-running public domain things or mysteries like the Agatha Christie Poirot mm-hmm. mysteries, when you're reading a pastiche of that, I do see that thing where it's like, yeah, I know what's going to happen. I know they're going to hit these marks and you are really there to see them hit those marks. Or you like the character so much and you know that they're going to solve the case that you love what they're post solving the case, mm-hmm. you know, foibles. Right. Right. Entail. You know, like they're going to go make that cup of tea or whatever. And you're just like, ah, here we go. Yeah. Into the like weird coda. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like maybe because those stories hold such a strong place in our, I don't know, our cultural language, when you're doing something new, like somebody who's writing a Victorian mystery that isn't Sherlock Holmes, but it's hitting all of the same beats that you'd expect out of a, a Holmes uh-huh. pastiche, like... Then there's that thing, to your point, it's, it comes down to the characters. And if you're like, well, I like these characters, are all fine. But Jim Wurtzen is not, you know, John Watts. Like, I, okay, I don't, if you're not going to do it, I'm not going to stick around for it necessarily. I also feel like is, is just for now is the thing. Like, I've never thought like this before, and I can't imagine I will when the world is back. Mm. It's kind of like that thing I was talking about. Sometimes you're listening to the Beatles pastiche mm-hmm. and you're just like, you know what I should do is go listen to the Beatles. Yeah. You know, or whatever that form takes. And sometimes you read that in writing, like, oh, sometimes it's great to read the new Sherlock Holmes thing. But often what you actually want is just to read Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you done, have you, this feels, it suddenly feels like a therapy session. It feels like my, I'll be talking to my therapist and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. So this thing, and they're like, well, have you tried that? And I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> have you, have you gone back to 
like your your class like your emergency break glass in case of emergency book or books or audiobooks no <laughs> <laughs> i am doing my usual prescribed thing mhm which is like okay maybe what i'm going to respond to is a deep dive into a non-fiction thing mm-hmm, i'm mm-hmm. going to get out of the plot world and instead focus on reading a book to learn a thing right and then that kind of didn't work so i was like okay what i often do here is i read a manga and that's sort of exciting and it and by the end of it i have the feeling of ready for a different type of plot structure mm-hmm. and character structure and that didn't work and then i was like okay plotty thriller one of the ones that's like coming up because like that'll be fun it'll have those grisly details and mm-hmm. it'll pull you forward through stress and that didn't work so that's why i'm like okay maybe i do that trilogy again i'm oh. worried about going back to something that i truly loved right now because it's i don't want to be unfair to something that you know like i could read the secret history again something that's popped up in my brain cuz i uh-huh. love that book so much but i almost don't want to taint it with covid yeah i don't need yeah. to get secret history sick yeah well what then ab- about something like something that is more formulaic like Holmes um, or I mean, I do wonder if like a long running graphic novel is going to end up being the thing for you. There's like something that you can tune into that taps the pleasure centers without being like, Oh, I don't want to get it sick. You know? Yeah. I mean, I have that. And then I have a alien invasion that book XX by Ryan Hughes. Ooh, yeah. Which is full of graphic fun. That looks very cool. And I was thinking maybe what I've been doing is just reading things that are too short or too um mm-hmm. too regular novely or regular non-fiction-y. And what I should read is something that's more of an experiment that does a lot with form. Yeah. So and this it has like movie posters and like you know there's Facebook pages remade and um all the emails are in different fonts and you know it's it's little fun it's a good like shit that. yeah wikipedia looks like wikipedia uh-huh. you know it's it's neat cool yeah that's that can be super fun and so that's kind of what i'm turning toward yeah you know, I was thinking about this not just in terms of reading, really just in terms of everything, I guess. Okay. Like, I didn't realize how much I took running in Prospect Park with a fucking mask on and, like, hating myself all summer. I took being able to fucking go outside for granted. Like, I wonder how much of this is the seasonal affective disorder that... that everybody suffers from in one way or another, but like amplified by everything right now. I've kind of reached the point where 
the reason behind it almost doesn't really matter. Like I just need the solution. Sure. <laughs> you know? But here's the thing, is the solution just sunlight? Are mm. you a plant? Are you getting enough water? <laughs> Are you getting enough sunlight? Well, what else? Have you been consuming other things? Do you want to recommend some stuff? Uh, sure. Sarah got me these Portland Soda Works mixers. Ooh. And they're really beautiful, really interesting flavors of, you know, concentrated syrup. Mm -hmm. And so I'm drinking uh, vanilla rooibos and gin and seltzer and lemon. Nice. Which is just one of the things they say to do with it. Oh, these look cool. Fantastic flavors. Really fun. And Tons of flavors. Wow. And it's kind of like the Blue Apron or the Hello Fresh of cocktail making. Like you mm -hmm. can make some really beautiful at-home cocktails with just their syrup and some booze and some citrus. Cool. And then I have video game recommendations because video <laughs> games have been good and uh -huh. i've enjoyed having this nintendo switch um i got this but i think the game was like six bucks and it's super fun it's called a short hike and you're just wandering around an island as a bird um <laughs> and you're taking a little hike and you're 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 gonna go to a peak but there's a lot of other things to do and you run into people who ask you like hey i lost my watch or <laughs> hey, you know, we're, we're in a foot race. Like, come join us and be in the foot race, which is really fun. And it's, it's low stakes video gaming. It's just like really nice art that you're taking a part in, uh -huh. which I think is really like a, a genre that I didn't even knew really existed, but it's very cool. Yeah. Sort of, and I think it's akin to Animal Crossing uh -huh. where it's just like, existing and there's not stress it's not right. a stressful game <laughs> so yeah those are my recommendations oh and then i was gifted by our friend lena and ryan uh-huh you know? they gave me this sand timer Ooh, and it's 30 minutes and i just absolutely love it for keeping track of 30 minutes it's just a really nice visual reminder that time is indeed passing. Hell yeah. Oh, and I like I just, that a lot. I like being able to sort of like clutch time. What a phrase. <laughs> okay, so those are my recommendations. Sand timer, that feels like a really good one because then like uh, for writing, it reduces another reason to check your phone. I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to check what time it is. Instead, it's like, well, sand hasn't run out yet. That's me. What are you recommending? I will start with something that um, hopefully if your food deep dive goes well, uh, this will be a fun further food book to dive into. It has nothing to do with history. It has all to do with authors. It's the Tables of Contents Community Cookbook. Um, our friend Evan Hanser 
and his long-running reading series, Tables of Contents. They've done a couple of really cool things to figure out how to have a reading series in pandemic times. Uh, And one of those ways was reaching out to something like 40-odd authors and then some recipes from that Evan has made uh, inspired by further books. But they sent in all these recipes, had them beautifully illustrated. uh, And the idea is that it's like volume one of recipes based on books. Um, That is so cool. And, you know, it's everybody who you could want to be like, yeah, what would this person make? And it's like, turns out it's this. And you're like, okay, cool. That's great. Um, So that it's really beautiful. uh, And you can find it um, on all, I don't know, all the tables of contents uh, things. You should all be following them. Evan. (laughs) Um, Yeah, his his Instagram is very much, it's just like, I would be cool to be a chef right now. Yeah. Um, and then two books. Uh, one is out from Tor as part of their Tor Essentials line. They did a collection of R.A. Lafferty short stories. Um, and I've never read any Lafferty before, but sort of knew the, you know, they're one of those, he's one of those great science fiction fantasy authors, but I didn't have the context for him. This collection, each story has an introduction from a different person. Um, And so like Samuel R. Delaney and Jeff Vandermeer, Patton Oswalt, like people talking about what makes the individual stories interesting or a part of the canon. It's I was like, just, I loved the stories themselves, but I also loved getting that context and seeing the ways in which Lafferty has impacted so many disparate writers who I love and admire. Um, it, like, it was a very cool, it's not just a cool collection, it's like a cool stake in the ground, historically speaking. That sounds awesome. I love how much Patton Oswalt loves story. That is just, it's neat. Yeah, it's nice, right? What's the other one? The final book is, it just came out, um, Rebecca Carroll's Surviving the White Gaze her memoir. I've known Rebecca for a while and been, been a huge fan of her mind uh, when she was at WNYC. I did a public event with her ages ago. Her podcast, Come Through, was awesome. And this memoir is about her growing up um, as a, a Black child of two white parents. And it, it's just it is a fascinating look at one woman's life, but it is also the ways in which she is able to very smoothly and simply be like, this is, this is how this ripples out. This is how these things from my life ripple out to the rest of the world. Um, it's like, it's just fantastic, fantastic writing. And she's going to turn it into a series, which is very exciting. Um, She's just one of those minds where I'm like, yeah, do it all in all of the different ways that you can think about doing it and I'll be there. Totally. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm very excited to read that. I hope that the next time that we meet to record, I have a better experience to be reporting. Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah. Me too. We'll get there. This we always will. happens. This, 
the sun will come up <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, oh, and you know, we always appreciate when people write us reviews or even just star us on iTunes. That's always very helpful. It's very kind when folks do that. And it's really neat when people uh, give us a bit of scratch over at patreon.com slash smdb. You can get all of our episodes as they come out ad-free, which is a neat way to not listen to ads if you want to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, folks, stay strong. Au revoir, as they say in France. Uh, Buongiorno. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you.